hold it up here, right? That's usually better when I hold it up and look at it. So pretend like we're still talking. <laughs> you gotta fake it. We can't broadcast this, all right? <laughs> Just saying. So the name of the podcast is Longest War. Did I say on or for Longest War? I shouldn't say I'm Nick Grimes. No, they know me by now. Thank you for joining us on Longest War. I'm Nick Grimes. Yeah, put yourself in there. Yeah, I would say yeah. so. Yeah. I'm Nick Grimes. That's good. So what, this is the end of part one? Nah, uh, this is part two beginning. Oh, so there's another intro. Nick, one more time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us on Longest War. All right, let me do that one over. Thank you for joining us on Longest War. I'm Nick Grimes. On this episode, we will be finishing our conversation with Sarab, interpreter for the U.S. Army in Afghanistan. Longest war. Yeah, it's not like a Farsi word for podcast at all. Sarab, born and raised in Afghanistan, served with U.S. Army as an interpreter for five years uh, during operation during freedom in Afghanistan. Let's talk a little bit about growing up in Afghanistan. Like my brother's my everything. He's the only one I have in America. Masood was murdered a few days before 9-11, right? Correct. So he used a lot of F words and I translate very nice way. Very respectfully, he says, you guys are great. You guys work in <laughs> this and that. I know these people very well, more than anybody else. If I use those words to them, they could kill me and you both of us at the same time. I said, I can't wait for three months here. I'm not safe. I right. should be out of here as soon as possible. This is home. This is home for me. So uh, right now, things are volatile in Afghanistan. It's a dangerous time. U.S. has started to pull soldiers out. There's very limited troop presence there still. It's to the point where the government is negotiating with some of the worst terrorists in Afghan history, like Golbadin, to join the government. Not only that, ISIS is starting to have a significant presence in Afghanistan. What is the, like your, your mother, your father, your brothers, your sisters that are still there, what is their feeling? Like, is it as... Like, you know, you said there was like this hopeless feeling when Masood was killed. Is it a similar feeling to that now? The situation in Afghanistan after 9-11 and after 2005, let's say, is getting bad and bad and bad. Especially we took the troops out of Afghanistan. Now um, the Taliban's are taking the power again. And, you know, there's a lot of villages and districts in Afghanistan that, that government has no control over there. Taliban has the, 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 the control over there. And now there's a new group in the ISIS. They're taking the power and killing people. Like yesterday, they killed 20, 27, 30 people in the mosque, in the holy place, the where you go and worship God. In that place, they kill people. So guess what? They cannot kill at home. That's easy to kill at home. If they can kill you at the mosque, why they cannot kill at home? So and that's something to be said. Like, as is, is bad as the Taliban were, and the Taliban, were, let's not mince words, like Taliban were very bad people. <laughs> but even they didn't blow up mosques and stuff, right? At least the Taliban drew a line and weren't going to blow up people as they went to pray. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, you know, we have a saying in Afghanistan. It says, um, like, let's say, a coyote is brother of wolf. They're all same. Sure. And if you go for in the details, they're all same. There is no mercy. They come and kill you. Of course, people in Afghanistan, they worry about that, especially the, the troops. Uh, it might we take all the troops out. If we take all the troops out, the government will not survive more than a week because we have very weak and very corrupted a government. If US doesn't support this government, that's gone. You know that. You right. know more than me. They cannot survive more than a week. You know, if you, some of the local you know. governments would be okay, right? Like Panjir would 
be pretty stable. You know, those those places they're very small and it's hard to fight down there. And the people, you know, they belong to a tribe. When somebody else come to that, they know right away you are not belong to this place. So some place will be maybe safe. You know. What about Mez? No, no, that's more flat and there's different tribes down there. It's be a bad situation. It will be very in bad situation. You know, it's the people are very, very scared right now. You know, they're after the election of uh, America, they're more scared. You know, what will happen after election? Right. Maybe there is no President Obama. You know, um, President Donald Trump is coming. So the people are more, you know, scared. That's what my family tell me too. That the people in here are very scared that maybe U.S. troops will go out and the Taliban and the white flag will come back again. There's no freedom anymore. Whatever we did in 15, 16 years in Afghanistan, it will go back to zero. People are concerned, obviously. President-elect Trump has said some things that have made people question what our commitment's going to be in Afghanistan. We don't know. Obviously, he hasn't taken office yet, so for a few months, we're going to have to just wonder about this. What did Afghan people think of President Bush, and what did Afghan people think of President Obama? And you can be completely honest. You know, um, for, for Afghans, when uh, President Bush was there, it was more peaceful in Afghanistan. There was no Taliban, actually, let's say that. Because there was a lot of troops down there, and you know that that every province almost had used troops and used bases down there. We had night patrols during the day patrols, so there was no Taliban ISIS. So it was very peaceful during the President Bush, and uh, during the President Obama, that the moment we took uh, the troops out of Afghanistan, and every month or every six months we took the troops out, and you know, I was one of the people that shut down the. The, the, the basis. So I start with my people, you know, we start shutting down Fab, Hormoj, Kap, Faryab, Maimana, and um, Josejan, Kunduz, Badakhshan, Takhar, these places we close. Mm-hmm. And now you see there's a lot of movement of Taliban, even in Gormach, where, where I was in the first time I start working down there. Now the Taliban took over that, province, uh, that district. So it means the moment you took the troops out and out and out they're coming you know they're coming back again and taking again and the people are very scared of course and um, now after the election the people they're very scared okay if uh, President Donald Trump he will take all the troops out of Afghanistan there will be no more US and that's very scary I'm very sure they're thinking that okay we had Taliban we had the worst people and now there is another even worse than, than them. There are ISIS. They come and cut everybody's head. So, so without our support, because Afghanistan uh, has never been a stable democracy, right? Like the last time Afghanistan had a stable government was a, when it was a monarchy, correct? Like when you had the king back in the 1950s. Yes. Like that was the last time that things were truly like peaceful there, right? Very peaceful. Because then there was the overthrow. There was the, yeah, the coup. Yeah, the the, the socialist government that was backed by the Soviets and all that. So it's been a mess since there's been a king. So no one alive right now knows what a healthy elected federal government there looks like, right? That's right. Um, Afghanistan has been, there, there have been war for four decades, almost four decades. And we are not aware of peace. We never had really peace. We never born in peace. Even I born, there was a war. Until the last minute I came from Afghanistan to the United States. There was a war. So they're very scared, you know, probably, you know, 
I says, every day I'm listening to news and my family's telling me they're taking this place, they kill this much, killing, killing every day. Now it's more ISIS than Taliban. And really they're both same. But they're fighting each other some too, right? You know, sometime, but they're all same. They're right. bad. They're, they're like, like virus, let's say that. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not the benefit of people. What they do, they kill innocent people, you know. They kill people, they go to mosques, they blow up the mosque. Whatever they want to do, they'll do it to destroy Afghanistan. The one like big difference between the two is the Taliban were, for the most part, Afghan people and some Pakis as well, right? But ISIS is mostly outsiders. Yeah, I, I think that's, that, that's what they're telling me. Um, most Talibans, they're Afghan and Pakistani. And the ISIS, they're from Uzbekistan, from Syria, from Europe. From America, some of them. I don't know. They're, they're not. Most of them, they're not. They, they, they can't speak the language of those people. But we know they're out. They're from out. They're not speaking Afghan languages, yes. so you know they're not Afghans. Most of them, they don't. Right. You know. I don't, what, do, what do you think uh, the future of Afghanistan looks like? That's a very tough question. The future in Afghanistan, I see, very critical. If um, if you don't bring peace in Afghanistan, which it's hard to bring peace. As If Afghans try to bring peace, they can bring peace. But if we want to bring peace, we cannot bring peace for those people. They need their own government to bring peace, and which is hard as long as they're Pakistan and Iran. Right. As long as we have Iran and Pakistan, we cannot have peace. Or we, have a, we should have a strong governor to say no more. No more Pakistan and Iran. So I don't see in close future peace in Afghanistan. I see... The situation very critical and worse in Afghanistan. For the next uh, several years? No, I want to say for a couple of decades. A couple decades. It's yes. going to be pretty rough over there. Pretty rough. Do you think you'll ever be able to go back in your lifetime to a peaceful Afghanistan? I don't think so. To no. be honest, I never thought to go to Afghanistan and live there. I don't think there'll be a peaceful country. So that's, I never thought to go back. I'm in already in a peaceful country, so why right. should think go back? You know, probably they'll they'll kill me, they'll cut my head off to serve United States, and um, really, you think like even 30 years from now they'll still? No, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I can go back and live in there. Of course, I'll try do my best to bring my family. That's all I miss about them. You know, of course, you know Afghanistan is my country. I love it. But I don't see the peace coming soon in Afghanistan and the people who live in peace and without any fear. That's why I, t I tell my friends sometimes, you guys should appreciate what you guys have in America. You say, thank you. Thanks, God. God bless America. Let's say, God bless America. This is a great country. This is a peaceful country. You never born Afghanistan or some other countries. Then you know the value of America. What country you are in. You can go in the middle of the night where you want to go without any fear. In Afghanistan, during the day, you cannot walk. Probably somebody will kill you. There could be Taliban, there could be Al-Qaeda, there could be ISIS. That's a, that's a heavy thought. Um, yeah, th there's um, some places in Afghanistan, like where I'm from, Mazar Sharif. It's a very peaceful province that you can go in the city, you can walk during the night. And um, still, there's a fear that maybe, you know, ISIS will come from other state. Who knows? They're everywhere. You know, but it's much peaceful than other states. Same like Panjshir, you know, one of those provinces that is very peaceful. They never seen really, they never seen Taliban, where Taliban are. Right. And because Taliban never been there. And they never seen Al-Qaeda and ISIS down there. Because there is a 
big group of people, they know each other. And if somebody is a different province, even they catch you from their accent. They're very special accent. The moment you talk, they know that you're not belong to here, that you're suspicious. They'll find out who you are. And a lot of people here in America don't understand there's, a, there's several different ethnic groups in Afghanistan. Yes. Like you're Tajik. Uh, Tajik in northern Afghanistan, like Panjir province is, is heavily Tajik. And so not only is it a different ethnicity, but the geography too of Panjir. It's these huge mountains yes. and this little bitty valley entrance with all these like Tajik guards along it. So like literally yes. <laughs> the Taliban cannot physically get in there. That's true. That's so true. It's, that's the only real reason it's like even in Mez, right? Like it's if the infrastructure, the government were to collapse, Taliban would be able to sweep through there just because geographically it's flat. There's nothing. Yes, that's, that's true. That's the, that's the good point. Yes. Um, um, most Tajik and Tajik people, the people who speak Darian Persian, they're more than north of Afghanistan. And, um, and you won't find Taliban members that are Tajik either, right? Um, yes, you, you don't find, but still, I don't want to say there's no. That could be crafted. It's very than, few, though, yeah, right? Very few, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is something I don't really want to say who are the Pashtuns belong, what tribe. No, sure, sure. You know, but uh, yes. But um, there are certain groups that are more likely to, to join Tal the Taliban. Yes, yeah. that's true. Right. They are the majority. That's that's true. Right. That's true. And they're just and they're just uh, different reasons. I mean, there's there's political reasons. There's economic reasons. There's uh, uh, you more, know, cultural the, reasons. The reason is more Pakistan. Pakistan sure. is the main reason. There, because most Pashtuns live right along that border the, the, area. The, the, and also, there's about 20, 20 or fifteen million Pashtuns in Pakistan. Right. There are Pakistanis. Right. So, um, because Eastern Afghanistan, Pashtuns living in Afghanistan don't can really consider themselves any different than the Pashtuns living in Pakistan. Yes. Like Afghanistan doesn't really matter, then Pakistan doesn't really matter. They're just, they're the same people. That's true. And mo most of those, um, the schools and those who grew up the Taliban is in the border of Pakistan. Those people, they're making, they're the factory of making Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS. Yeah, you want to say it. You don't want to, you don't want to say, it. I'll say it. It's Pakistan, guys. Like Pakistan no, is, a, Pakistan is, when I was in Afghanistan and you go through these provinces and you ask what the problem is, they tell you the problem is not Afghanistan. The it's problem Pakistan. is Pakistan. No, I'll tell and you. everything confirms that. Like I told you, you know, the Iran and Pakistan is the biggest problem. They're the people, they're the factory of making Taliban. Let's say the factory. They make. The Taliban, they grew up the Taliban, and they send you like a virus. And Afghanistan is just, unfortunately, because of geography, right in the middle of these two extreme... Oh my gosh, yes. In China, Russia, um, Iran, and Pakistan. You know. You're just so surrounded by crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> but dangerous crazy people at that. Uh, Srab, I'm going to miss you a lot, dude. I wish you the absolute best. I'm glad you're going to be close to your family. I have to come out there and visit you one of these days, man. You know, Nick, uh, I just want to say thank you being such a great brother for me. That um, you bring me here between people and you introduce me for such a great people, for such a great community here. The veterans, the real heroes of America. I just want to salute for these people. Even America do anything for these veterans is still the government didn't do anything for these people because these people are going down there. They gave their lives. They already sacrificed their life to protect this country. So nobody deserves appreciation more than these people.
So I want to say thank you for all those veterans. They are such a great people. They're amazing people. Of course, I'm I'm sure you're coming to Utah. If you don't come, I'm sure I'm coming to to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is my second home. I love Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh people are great. I know? guess we'd also want to say to anyone listening from Salt Lake City, uh, go check out Sarab at the Nordstroms there. Any post 9/11 events, because uh, he's in need of a new a new adoptive family out there. Thank you. And uh, people anywhere that are listening, if you're post 9/11 vets, seek out the Terps that are in your city and your town, man, and bring them into your community. No better friends you could have. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today, Sarab. I really appreciate it. I'll miss you guys a lot. You know, of course, we'll be in touch. And I'm very sure I'll come once or twice a year to visit you. For oh, sure. Man. Look I forward promise. to it. <laughs> All right. So how long ago did you start the visa process with your wife? It was like 2000... 2015. So it's been, what, like a year, over a year already? Yeah. I'm waiting for the visa for, for a year, more than a year. Okay. So one of the issues we've seen is that people that serve as the interpreters themselves, pretty expedited process because their visa, but their families are often years behind them um, while they're being threatened by the Taliban, threatened by Al-Qaeda, by ISIS. So anyone that really cares about this cause, please reach out to your local representative, congressman, senator, and just let them know that you want to see some legislative changes made that we can expedite the process to reunite these guys with these families. They've given more to this country than most, and I think we should reward them for that.